Did you miss me? Because it's Monday night, and it's Toronto, and I am your host, Chris Schreier, and that can only mean one thing. We are back, and it is the Toronto Beer Podcast Season 10, guys. 10. Did you ever think we would make it? I did. Anyway, I don't know what I'm even saying right now. I was just trying to adjust a light like nothing ever works the way it's supposed to. But we're back, baby. How was your March break? Mine was pretty good. Thanks for asking. Let's talk more about that after we listen to the dulcet tones of none other than Rob Curry, the pride of Gravenhurst, Ontario. Take it away, Rob Curry. people who've joined us already and uh, at least one of them might not know that you don't get to hear the theme on instagram but uh you do hear it if you listen to the podcast in the podcast player of your choice mine thanks for asking it's overcast i'm a fan of overcast i listen to a lot of podcasts and i feel like the podcast app in the uh that comes native to the iphone just doesn't do it for me doesn't do it for me what can i say i'm a hipster you don't have headphones and a top knot like this and not consider yourself a hipster. I like to go to a coffee shop and feel like I've been taken advantage of. That's the kind of hipster I am. Anyway, what are we doing tonight, kids? Well, we're off to a real cracker of a start. If you follow the beer scene in this wonderful city of ours, Toronto, even a little, you definitely saw this one come across your uh, your bow. Uh, two beers, really, but we're just going to do one tonight. I didn't want to get crazy. Uh, but you would have seen pictures on the Godspeed feed, which I've never said that before. Godspeed feed. It's kind of fun to say. You should try it. Godspeed feed. A while back, they had none other than, like, literally one of the OG brewers in Toronto. Uh, we, we should knight him, Sir Michael Hancock. Uh, came around the brewery, hung out with Bim, brewed not one but two different wheat beers. Now, Bim, totally capable of making wheat beers, but that is not a style of beer that you're typically getting out of Godspeed. They've had a few. Um, uh, the flip to that, of course, is that Michael Hancock, former head brewer at Denison's, uh, subsequently sold uh, his recipes to Side Launch and participated with that for a while. Uh, also was brewing them between Denison's and that uh, contract at, at a, a variety of places, Amsterdam and maybe Black Oak. I can't re quite recall. But uh, regardless, a man who makes what was literally for many, many years the number one rated German-style wheat beer on RateBeer.com. Now, I am not a big fan of RateBeer.com. I tend to think that, oh, I don't know, just everybody's an expert and it pisses me off. But when the consensus of thousands of people all agree that this is the number one beer. You do have to take that seriously, whether or not half of those people are jackasses. Uh, the, the nature of that sort of sorting is going to, the cream will rise to the top. Anyway, what we've got here, this, I think I'm pronouncing it right, Arbeet, Arbeet, Hefweiz beer. This is Michael's take on his original uh, wheat beer, the number one rated in the world, produced, as I say, with BIM at Godspeed. 
Now, Michael has told me, while this is indeed his wheat beer, it's it's not exactly the same, um, partially in execution and partially just because times change and the way that he made this isn't necessarily the exact way that he would have made it back in the day. Uh, I have had this. I've had it on tap. I've had it in the can. It's really really good uh and i'm going to talk to you about it now but i am i am familiar with this one um i've had some time to frame my thoughts anyway let's pour it i did not get i only have one wheat beer glass these days this is not it this is just a good sized glass for a 330 mil can 341 pardon me this is north america now let's make sure we give this this is a wheat beer we want a generous head on this for the kids watching at home Let's see how I did there. Well, maybe not wheat beer depth of head, but that's a that's a decent fluffy head. Uh, maybe I should have just poured it straight, straight down the barrel. Uh, I do have, anyway, a very beautiful Spiegel uh, wheat beer glass, but it's a full 500. It would have taken two cans to fill it, and uh, I just didn't feel like doing that. And it would look goofy if you only filled it halfway. I did actually have a Denison's wheat beer glass that Michael gave me. It was one of the late run ones that actually had a spiraling motif of lines around it. It was very attractive. It also shattered fantastically when it hit the floor, uh, which is sadly the fate of pretty much every glass I own. Uh, if it hasn't happened yet, it's going to. Uh, anyway, this, this is going to work for this tonight. Beautiful clean glass. We got some new hippie dishwasher detergent and uh, doesn't look like my wife's watching right now, but if you happen to hear this, babe, that's working. That glass is squeaky clean. I like it. Anyway, let's get into this. Oh, my God. <laughs> this beer is so, so good. I haven't even drank it yet. I just sniffed it. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's such beautiful, like, ripe banana like ripe the way that a banana should be ripe now there are many ways that you can eat a banana in terms of ripeness and all of them are wrong except the way that i do it and that's just the truth uh your banana should be 50 percent black spotty 50 percent of the surface area should be black spots that's when a banana is sweet and the texture is bordering on creamy and the aromatics coming off of that thing, especially if you, like me, take like a, a, a lunch bag and you, uh, uh, you know, you unzip it and you open it and a, a banana that's that ripe, this aroma of banana just just flows over you. And that's what's happening with this beer. This is what some people would call overripe, what I would call perfectly ripe banana, uh, like warm like, have you ever left a banana in a car in the summer and then you get in the car and you go, oh, this car smells like bananas. That's what this smells like. That might not sound appealing to you, but believe me, this is very appealing stuff. Oh, man. I mean, you can smell the wheat beer character, like the, the actual grain, the wheat. Um, it's very distinctive. And in this example, it's clear as a bell. I do get a little bubblegummy note, which is funny because if I recall, and I mean, I haven't had a side launch wheat in a while, 
I can't even remember the last time I saw it for sale at the LCBO, to be honest with you, which is a shame. That said, without Michael's oversight, the thing about making a wheat beer, I was going to say maybe more than any other beer, that's probably an exaggeration, but um, let's say that wheat beer is one of those styles of beer that really requires a lot of hands-on. I mean, every beer kind of does, but wheat beer especially is just very temperamental in, in its in its preparation and uh if 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 the person making it doesn't not only do they need to know how to make it but they need to know how making it goes wrong and what they need to do when things are going sideways to pull that back onto track um and I'm not saying anything against the people who work at Sidelodge. I don't know, a single one of them. Maybe they're amazing people, but Michael Hancock, as noted, the OG. And uh, this is a man with a firm hand on the tiller, not just because he's got forearms that are about the size of my legs, uh, but also because of his depth of experience. Oh, I was going to say, all that to say, I haven't had a Denison's wheat beer, obviously, in a long time. I seem to recall... As this is, it's a very banana-driven wheat beer, as opposed to a very bubblegum-driven wheat beer. Um, and you can get both sides, you can get a mix of the two. I think I'm getting a bit more bubblegum off the nose of this than I remember it having back in the day. Now, that's a heavy lift, because, I mean, I've had concussions since I had that beer last. Uh, and, and my brain it's not as reliable as it should be. So take that with a grain of salt. But I feel like I get a little pop of bubblegum in here that I don't remember from the, uh, the original one. I mean, spices are a little clovey, which touches into that bubblegum. Don't know if you've ever noticed that, but there's clove in pink bubblegum. Maybe like a bit of a nutmeggy or a mace kind of thing. I know what don't come at me. I know what mace is. It's nutmeg. It's the outer part. Mmm. Something, I know you can't smell sourness. Something's giving me a little pop of tart. Pop of tart. I mean, it's the wheat beer characteristic. It's not citrusy, though. It's not quite like sharp apple or like like an underripe apple. It's something else. Yeah, I'm going to find it on the palate. Just a sec. I, I don't even normally spend this much time sniffing the beer, but this is delightful. I would wear this as cologne if I had the opportunity to, and I would attract every handsome German boy at the ball. Mm. That is just perfect. <laughs> like, it's such... It's such a perfectly executed wheat beer. Oh, yeah. So, big juicy ripe bananas. Sweet, juicy ripe bananas. Like, off the tree in the sun kind of level of ripe banana, which I know not a lot of people have experienced. Highly recommend it. It's not apple. There's a tartness, though. There's a tartness. Again, it's a wheat beer. Of course, there's tartness. I get that. I get that. But I'm trying to give you the 
picture of what it is. There's wheat. Like, you can taste wheat for sure. It's, um, it's fruity. Hmm. Underripe strawberry? Not quite. That's not quite right. There's no leafy quality to it. I can't put my finger on it. Ah, take two weeks off drinking beers and talking to people about it on a podcast and you just fall apart. By the way, less bubblegum on the palate. More on the nose. You don't get it as much on the palate. It's very banana-driven on the mouth. It's interesting because um, I'm aware, just like I'm aware that my fridge just came on, I really have to do something. You would have thought by season 10 I would have fixed that. Damn. Um, there's a hop character to this beer. And, and that's also maybe different from the original. It's, uh, it, it, it shows up, the finish is tangy, and uh, yeah, the linger is sort of a tart kind of tangy wheat beer thing. But just before that, there's a momentary noble hoppy, slightly herbal uh, hop dryness that's then replaced by like sort of a tangy, Wheat beer, not apple. I don't know what this is. Hmm. Spicing's clovey for sure. That's the yeast, by the way. Didn't discuss that. That's the yeast. Oh, what is that? There's just the oh. So I keep saying the same thing over and over again. Wheat beers typically have a certain acidity or tartness to them. I think Jordan St. John mentioned that to his memory, this was tartar than the older iterations, um, which if he says it, I believe it because he knows his stuff. He ain't fooling around. Um, I yeah, I remember it was a tart wheat beer, but is this one tartar? Again, I'm going to defer to Jordan on that one and say it must be. There's a quality to that tartness, though. It's not citrusy. It's a little underripe fruity. I just can't figure out what fruit it is. And that's annoying me. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. It's a little reminiscent, and it's funny because of that hop thing which has some spicing, and also then, of course, the spices from the yeast. It's... I, I hesitate to say this because I, I feel like a total douchebag saying it. It's a little reminiscent of green mango, which has an apple-y quality to it when it's... So green mangoes are typically um, like an altufo mango, like, the you know, the yellow ones, but they're green. They're underripe. They haven't reached ripeness yet. And they're, they're very sour. So this isn't that level of sour, but that's what the taste is kind of reminding me of, is it tastes a little maybe of green mango, I think. Could be wrong about that. But that's where I'm going. Anyway, irrelevant. I mean, not irrelevant. That is relevant, but it's a, that's a 
smaller part of the beer. Big drivers here, nice spices, a lot of really sweet, ripe banana. I said sweet spices, but like, or uh, spices, don't underestimate the, the yeast presence in this beer. Uh, especially in terms of German beers, this is like, before I say this, I want to make sure I'm right. Aside from like something like a Berliner Weiss, this is like one of the most uh, yeast-driven styles of German beer. Uh, German beers tend to avoid <laughs> yeast characteristics. Am I right about that? Am I totally out? Somebody correct me. I feel like I need a correction on that. I feel like I've just said something dumb. But I don't think... Well, I suppose box. Box are lagers, so the yeast characteristic tends not to be there. Sometimes they have a bit of a sulfury thing, which is definitely associated with the... This is a pointless exercise. Come at me if I'm wrong. I probably am. Anyway, this is a very yeast-driven beer. It's amazing. Mmm. Haven't even talked about the mouthfeel. Pillowy soft. Not velvety, funny enough. You would never think there might be some oats in here. Gosh, I hope there's not oats in here. There probably isn't. It's German. They wouldn't allow that stuff. But there is... It's not quite creamy. It's just very soft. And the carbonation is... Um, how to describe it? Small bubbly, not aggressive. It's it's just enough to keep the beer, well, effervescent on your palate without being foamy. This beer is friggin' insane. I may be reconsidering my green mango call. Maybe it's green mango-y. Oh, speaking of OG, George has just joined us. I haven't seen George on one of these in a long time. How you doing, buddy? I miss you. I hope 2023 is treating you well. Give you a big kiss on the face, but you're not here. Um, yeah, this is amazing. Like I say, not quite creamy mouthfeel, but beautiful, soft, effervescent, tons of banana. Mmm. As the hop characteristics building in my mouth, we've talked about this before, remember that. It, because of the way that um, the alpha acids, which are the things that actually make you feel bitterness, they build up in your mouth. And uh, as this is building, it's like, I'm going to go so far as to say it's probably... <laughs> really going out on a limb here, guys. Uh, Hallertau, which would be, you know, 80% of German beers are made with, so... Probably a safe bet. I know who could tell me. I should have had a guest, and his name should have been Michael. Mmm. That is just really good. Yeah, nicely tart. Not sour, but, like, tart. Refreshing. People always say, like, summertime beer. Hey, I mean, it was nice out today. Well, it was great. What am I talking about? It was like four degrees. It was nice when I was walking back from the gym just before I had dinner. Uh, I would drink this in the depths of winter on the darkest day of the year, sitting around a campfire, and I would be very happy. I'm actually regretting not having used my big curvy glass and just used two cans because I am 100% going to have another when I'm done this podcast. <laughs> It's 
So good. So good. Hmm. Okay. Food, right? What are you going to eat with this? By the way, if you're just joining us, uh, again, I hope I'm saying this right. Arbeet Hefeweizen. Made at Godspeed in partnership with Michael Hancock, formerly of Denison's Brewing Company. A heck of a cool guy. By the way, if you ever find yourself in an event and Michael Hancock is there, A, do not hesitate to walk straight up to him, throw your hand out, say, hello, Michael Hancock, my name is, and then insert your name there, and he will shake your hand with his Popeye-like fists and forearms, and you will feel small. And that is okay. And then ask him literally anything you've ever wondered about beer. And be prepared to have the best couple of hours drinking you've ever had because Michael knows so much stuff and he's so passionate about it and he's so happy to share it. And it's just amazing. Like, oh, I've walked into a beer event where there was at least a dozen cool, interesting, you know, really hip people. People here are like, oh, I'd really love to hear from them. I'd really, oh, I've, I know that guy, but I don't really know him well. Maybe I should talk to him. Oh, man, she is doing some amazing things at her birth. And Michael Hancock's there. And I'm like, hi, guys, I'm going to be over here with Michael having a beer. Just the best. Anyway, I digress. Uh, let's talk about food with this and what you're going to eat with it. Now, classic German fare. Uh, these beers go really well with sausages. Why? As we always discuss, sausages are fatty, proteiny. They have some spices. Oh, you see where we're going? We've got some words popping up, making some associations. This beer is tart, not sour, but tart. Tart is going to cut through the fat in the sausage. Huh? Not bad, right? Spices in the sausage, spices from the yeast, copacetic, right? They're going to work together. They're going to elevate each other in ways that will blow your mind. Now, I have not yet come across a good vegan German sausage. Caveat, I have not. Oh, that's not. Mm, Verst had a pretty good one, if I recall. Now that I said that. But that predates the glory days of pea protein accessibility. So it might be even better now. Man, I want to go to Verst now. I want to go to Verst and drink this on tap. That would be ideal. Uh, that's it. Verst probably has a good one. Sausage Party in Toronto. Wouldn't surprise me if they make a good German style sausage too. My beloved Light Life makes delicious sausages, but they're Italian spiced ones, which are tasty but they're not German style sausages is different. And uh, so hit me up if you know a good German style vegan sausage. I would be very pleased to discover that. That's what you want to have with this, though, whether you have the vegan one or the meat one. Uh, eat this with a sausage. Oh, or if you're brave. And by the way, there's no vegan equivalent to this one. You could eat this with Weisswurst, which, if you're unfamiliar, is um, 
a very rustic, authentic uh, style sausage, which if your uh, German is up to scratch or, you know, you've seen a few movies uh, or if you've drank this beer, you might know that Weiss is referring to the wheat beer, wheat, uh, and Wurst means sausage. Slightly misleading uh, because what the sausage is actually made out of is almost entirely fat. It is a white sausage that is like predominantly filled with chunks of fat and some spices in a sausage casing. And it is simmered in a pot of wheat beer. And then I think it's finished on a flat top, like in a, in a pan. And it's a typical mid-morning meal. And so in days of yore on the farm, you would rise before the sun and you would have, um, you know, like an oatmeal or something uh, for breakfast. And then you would go out and you would start working. And mid-morning, you would come back to the house for another meal, which it wouldn't be uncommon, would be vice forced. So you would have a glass of wheat beer and uh, one of these sausages, which, as noted, it's like 200 grams of fat. And that, <laughs> that'll really put some hair on your chest. And it holds you through the day. Uh, that noodle of fat just sitting in your gut with all that wheat beer. Not bad. Uh, I'm told, and, and full disclosure, I've never had uh, Vice Force. I've been somewhere that it was being served, and I can't remember why I didn't end up having it. Oh, uh, no, that's not why. Anyway, I don't know why. I mean, the obvious answer being that I don't eat meat, but I would try it out of curiosity. Anyway, I've never had it. There's a whole thing, too. It's a little bit like cappuccino. You're not supposed to eat it after noon. The reason being is because in a rustic environment, it would spoil very quickly because it's just fat. Um... So they would always it would be made in the morning, cooked, served and done. Um, and so they would always say, don't eat the vice force after lunch or afternoon. Uh, anyway, you could try that. If uh, neither of those things interest you, uh, you could eat anything you want with this beer. It's amazing. You could eat chocolate cake with this. It would probably be pretty good because it's a banana -y tart beer. Why not get in there? Mm. So good. Where are you going to get this Arbeet beer? You can get it at Godspeed. That's where. Uh, and they made a big batch of it. So they've got it on tap, or at least they had it on tap when I was there last weekend. I would imagine they still do, but maybe they're out, but I don't know. doesn't hurt to check. And, uh, oh, look, there's my beloved wife joining us. So lovely. Uh, but you can order it online in Kent's. You can also get the Dunkelweizen, which is the dark wheat beer. That's what Dunkel means. Uh, also fantastic, different, but fantastic. But this is amazing, especially if you can get this on tap. They've got old Denison glasses there that they're pouring it into. It's just bonkers. I think they're pouring it off a side pull, and I know they were having a bit of trouble the day I was there. Um, so just be patient with them. But it means you get this ridiculously dense pillowy head like it, it's shiny. It's so dense. It's amazing. Uh, really nice stuff. Uh, and hey, while you're there, you know when you should go? You should go on Sunday. They're doing Czech Sundays uh, where you can get, it's like a $6 pint of uh, Czech lager. Again, on the side pull. So hot right now. But they do the three different styles of Czech pours, uh, which is like 
the way you would expect a beer to be poured. Nice bit of head on top. Uh, one where it's like it's more like a wheat beer head. It's like four fingers of head. And then one where it's this dense, shiny, wet foam, almost the whole glass with just a bit of liquid beer in the bottom. And you drink this like foamy and apparently it's quite sweet when you drink it that way uh, beer. And then they're also mixing. I can't remember the Czech word for it. But it's a, a, a dark uh, beer layered with a, 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 a pale lager, uh, and it's apparently delicious, too. And they're all six bucks. <laughs> and if they've still got the RB done, you could get one of those while you're there, too. I would suggest taking transit or a ride share thing. No, what's it called? You know, Uber or Lyft, one of them. An on-demand ride. Or walk. People don't walk enough these days, I think. I walk a lot. I don't think any of you walk enough. I'm judging you. I'm not. That's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to have. Hey, are there any events coming up? I don't know. I just told you about one. Check Sundays at Godspeed. What else do you want from me? Uh, well, the Women's Six Nations is on right now. First, uh, first game happened there this past Saturday and Sunday. Games, same as the men's, same format. It's only existed as the women's for, like, this is the third year, maybe? <laughs> anyway, it took them a while to get it, but now they got it. It's great. Uh, England um, annihilated Scotland. It's a shame. Scotland's a good team. That's a good play at the very beginning and at the very end. Um, oh, my friend Jay Lake has just texted me. I think he's drinking. He'd sent me a text with a photo and I couldn't see it. I think he's drinking the same beer as me right now. And he just texted and said, damn, that's good. And damn, he's right. It is good. Anyway, England destroyed Scotland, uh, France beat Italy, and uh, and Wales beat Ireland, all of which was expected. Uh, England's the number one ranked team in the tournament. France is two, Wales is three, but it was still nice to see. England scored ten tries, though. So that's a little... That's a little much, uh, ladies. Calm down. <laughs> ten tries. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, so you can check that out. It's really good. Um, it's sponsored by, uh, TikTok. This is an app. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, it's popular with the young folks these days, uh, and also, uh, Chinese espionage. So <laughs> your mileage may vary. Anyway, I don't know if it's on TikTok, uh, but you can check it out. It's on the internet. You can find it, and I'm sure it's good. Great rugby. It's not just good. It's great rugby. Uh, so you can look that up. Uh, registration, speaking of rugby. If you yourself want to play rugby, uh, whatever gender you identify as, we've got a team for you at Balmy Beach. Yeah, if you got young people in your life, and by young I mean anything, um, <laughs> right down to four. So anyone over the age of four in your life that you think might want to play rugby, hey, you can sign them up, uh, Beach Junior Rugby. You, you go to um, rugby.ca, which is Rugby Canada's webpage. Uh, there's a really nice big play rugby thing. You click that. You pick your uh, provincial affiliation, which, by the way, if you're listening, this is probably Ontario. But if it's not, hey, there's rugby clubs in every province. Pick your province. Pick your club. Uh, but for our sake... Uh, Ontario, then Balmy Beach. It's uh, Balmy Beach Juniors is the third on the list, and then Seniors is the fourth, just behind uh, Ajax Wanderers and Aurora Barbarians. 
uh, pick the relevant uh, age and get yourself signed up. And if you got any questions, uh, you know, I'm always here to answer them. You know me. I'll talk rugby at you till you puke. So uh, and then, yeah, you can come in and play rugby with me. How would that be? It's a ton of fun. You get to smash people. Oh, and then there's beer. Like, what else do you want? Beautiful. Anyway, if you are interested, uh, do message me. But this is, as I always say, not the Toronto Rugby Podcast. It is the Toronto Beer Podcast, brought to you by me, your host, Chris Schreier. I don't know. That's all I got for tonight, kids. I'm going to shut her down seriously by this beer. It's ridiculous. It's so good. Uh, I I bought a, not a bunch of it, but like a, a notable number of cans, and I already regret not having bought more. So. Mmm. Not too often I finish the beer during the podcast. It's that kind of a beer. So pick that up at Godspeed. You can order it online for delivery. But as I say, go on in. Hmm. Just got a little hint of almost like dried orange peel. I think that has to do with the hops building some of that bitterness and that tartness, which I still haven't quite solved what I think that is. I don't think I'm right about green mango. It's irking me. Anyway, let's listen to Rob Curry. As always, link in the description if you want to buy this record. It is amazing. It's an EP, let's be honest, and uh, you will not regret it if you like lo-fi, sci-fi, surf rock, which, as I always say, pretty much ticks every box for me, and it should tick your boxes too. I hope it does. <laughs> Sounds weird. But uh, anyway, we'll be back next week. Seriously thinking about a guest. I like having a guest. It seems fun. So we'll see what we see. But until then, you be good. Get some of this beer in you. And uh, yeah, throw a suggestion if you got somebody you want on as a guest. It's got to be someone I want to chat to, though. So I'm a pretty chatty guy. I'm pretty easy to get along with. Anyway, that's it. I got to shut this down. This is getting stupid. Have a great night. I will talk at you all next Monday on the Toronto Beer Podcast. Take it away, Rob Curry. Hey.